Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball. Your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Well, welcome again to a brand new season of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball with your host, Mark Overman here with my trusty partner, Clay Cates. Clay, how you doing? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you? Uh, a lot better than the Cowboys are doing, I can tell you that right now. And it's a blizzard outside, so that tells you something. It is. Welcome to the season of suck, Clay. Yes. Jeff, play our music. The story of the Wyoming Cowboys 2019-2020 season. That's pretty crap, Mark. <laughs> And I think we can wrap up the podcast for the season because I don't know if there's much else to talk about with this team. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Well, once again here this season, uh, just to give a little shout-out to our man behind the glass, uh, Jeff Fry is our producer, pushing all the buttons. So just wanted to give him a shout-out before we get get into the, the deep weeds of this season here, Clay. Uh, so just give a little – I'll give a little brief summary of just kind of where we're standing right now. Since we are starting the podcast and it's 10 games into the season, uh, Wyoming's at a robust three and seven, uh, three and four at home. I mean, we're real good in the double A this season. Uh, we have wins over Idaho State, fifty-four to forty, uh, Detroit Mercer, seventy-six to forty-nine, and Lafayette, sixty-nine to sixty-one. And those were not in order. I was just kind of giving the wins there. But our losses, we got beat at South Carolina, thirty-two to sixty-six, at home to. Cal State Fullerton, they're a powerhouse usually. So yes. that's understandable to lose them at home. Uh, 53 to 60. Uh, we did lose at Oregon State, 63 to 83. You hear, you see that, Clay? 63 points. We must have been on fire that night. We were. Detroit, I like it. Okay. And then we had a tournament where we went to Las Vegas. Uh, we'll tournament there. And we got beat call, by Colorado, 41 to 56. I don't remember the score at half, but, man, that was one of the sloppiest Haskell basketball I've ever seen. Neither team could hit the broadside of the iron. I guess we could hit the iron. Yeah. We couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. No. That's not, that's not that uh, saying. So then we played TCU after that. We lost 47-64. to 64. And then the last two games, and we'll get a little more in-depth on these two games, uh, conference season started on the Wednesday. We lost 77-86 at home to Air Force. And then on Fennis Dembo Day, on Saturday, we lost in New Mexico 65-79 to uh, against Lobos. I'm not sure if I said that or not. but So, obviously, not a not off to a good start here on a make-or-break year for Edwards. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, three wins out of ten, I mean, that's a great baseball average, but it's uh, <laughs> probably not going to cut it for a basketball coach. Especially, yeah, especially a non-conference when – I mean, normally that's where you kind of can pad the stats a little bit. And I will say, I mean, this isn't, as far as Wyoming goes, this is a fairly decent non-conference schedule. I mean, at South Carolina, at Oregon State, playing Colorado TCU in a tournament. Uh, So, I mean. Yeah, there's no, uh, you know, I mean, CU would definitely, they're a ranked team and, and, you know, you would tend to think that that's tough. uh, But. I mean, the rest of the teams, uh, you know, if we had a decent team. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying you know, to make excuses. a great schedule, yeah. Well, it is a sad state of affairs because I don't know if you remember this, but under Shia, the head coach at Colorado, Tad Boyle's his name, remember when he cut off the series? We were kind yeah. of playing him every year, and we beat him like four times in a row. Yeah. They are not afraid. <laughs> They're not afraid to play this Wyoming team. No. Uh, Edwards doesn't have that uh, shy advantage where you're going into a game, you didn't feel like, well, they might be bigger than us, they might be stronger than us, but they're not going to out-coach us. And I'm not the biggest shy guy. I mean, I like shy, but at least you didn't feel at a disadvantage there. Yeah, Colorado would like to get into the Allen Edwards business for sure. Yeah, let's play him every night. Yeah. Uh, and I'm we're, we're trying not to be too negative here, but we also want to be honest with ourselves and with the state of affairs here, so – this could go to a dark place. Me and Clay are usually fairly optimistic with our teams because we're used to losing with all of our teams. But we might get dark. We, we'll see how it goes, Clay. All right. Are you feeling a dark mood? Like the weather out there in Wyoming this fine Sunday evening? Yeah, I mean, it was a blizzard on the way here, so I was uh, having a hard time it'd coming been, up with something positive. It had been nice all week, and now this was getting you in the mood for stocking yeah. some Wyoming cowboy basketball. Yeah. 
it's going to be a chilly one. And I don't know how many listeners listeners will be having out there just because I don't know if the fan interest is there for Wyoming basketball this year, but at least this might be cathartic for me and you to get some, some of those negative vibes off our mind. The one thing I will say, Mark, is I, I this is stuff that I think the Wyoming fans want to talk about. So even though the interest may not be there in the games, I think these uh, we're going to talk about some things tonight that, that they do. Yeah, very near about. and dear to the Wyoming yeah. fans' heart. For sure. No, and I've – gone to a few games this year and i haven't even been to as many games as i've normally been to just weather and holidays and the team's not as good and you got more online games you can watch but i'm becoming that guy at the fan at the games was just bitter and yelling at edwards to put guys in put guys on the bench and i just i'll have a moment where i was like i don't want to be that guy but i just yeah it's hard so just so everyone out there knows we're fans first before we're podcasters that's true uh so where do you want to start here clay do you want to do you want to talk about i mean the, the elephant in the room that's a eight thousand pound gorilla elephant that you know that needs to be discussed the yeah, the uniforms yeah, yeah the yeah, gray uniforms that's what i'm talking about like it's <laughs> we're brown and gold here what are we wearing grays for yeah which is just and i could go off on a tangent here but like, why are we wearing I, – I have no problem with the gray uniforms. You know, they didn't look that bad to me. But why are we wearing gray uniforms on Fennis Dembo Day? Why don't we wear our retro uniforms? We have retro uniforms. Remember, we wore them a few years back with Nance and Adams where we had the the retro – they were the the uniforms we wore in the Dembo era because yeah. I remember with Josh the, Adams was wearing number 34. And, you know, it looked the same uniform. Yeah. So why not wear those on the Fennis Dembo Day? Yeah. No, that's true. And, and – um you know, I I have no idea who makes those decisions, but I mean, I I heard fans talking about that a lot, uh, why we couldn't wear those uniforms. I'm sure we still have them because you know, unless they gave them away or something. But that would have been great planning for him to see those uniforms and and a lot of the the people that were paying attention from that era, especially guys he played with. It would have been a cool idea. And that's just another thing. It just feels like. Sometimes Wyoming can't get out of their own way. Like, at the games, like, obviously attendance is not good this season, right? True. So you go to a game, and they got these ticket takers out there, like, checking tickets. It's just – it's embarrassing. It's like there's a lots of open seats. I don't think we need to be, you know, ticket Nazis, and you can't sit there, you can't sit there. I mean, I just find it laughable. And then we had – we had a – well, sorry, Clay, to go off on a tangent here. I'll, eventually I'll let you get a word in edgewise, but <laughs> – so we used to have this cool thing at the beginning of the game that the uh, the PA announcer was – I don't think it was the guy that actually does, like, the PA announcements, but it was a voiceover where it was like, welcome to the Dome of Doom. Alt- beware of altitude sickness. And now this year it's like some British guy is doing it. It just sounds ridiculous. It's just it's like yeah. – it, can't we get the – okay, Edwards, and we're going to get into that. But can't we get the little things right? Like – Finish Dembo Day on a season when we're at an all-time low of attendance. We're going to bring back one of our legends, and this is when we're going to honor him in front of a, you know, a empty house. I just, it's sad. It's just, I don't get. Was it a ploy? Do you think it was a ploy? To oh, okay, we're not going to get many fans this year, but we bring Dembo back. That'll be a good. That'll be a way to get fans in the arena. Well, and if you if you were probably a fly on the wall in the room when they decided that, they probably thought. You know, an early season uh, game on the weekend where they could, you know, possibly entice fans to come for for him, you know, before maybe uh, we're exposed for the team that we are. But on the other hand, I mean, I I don't know. I just – you almost kind of want to plan those things when you kind of know you have a good team coming back where there is a lot of fan interest. I mean, you know, it's not like he's 95 years old and we kind of yeah. need to do it before he goes or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't like Kenny Sailors yeah. at the last few years of his life where it's like, okay, we got to get this done. You know, it's got to be now. But to be honest with you, I wish he would have had some eligibility because he looked like he could play. <laughs> yeah, he would have been one of the best five out there, that's yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, God, I had something to say about that whole situation. Oh, yeah, I can, so I can understand. So it's the first Saturday conference game. Uh, I think it was a 2 p.m. start time, so that's usually a good good time for travel. Fans can kind of come in and get out before. I mean, it would be night by the time they leave, but it's not a 7. 
I mean, seven to eight o'clock game, that would really not good for travel. And it was against New Mexico, one of our longstanding rivals that usually piques the fan interest to come out and watch. But I mean, you had, I just, I don't know. I mean, I had a little optimism going into the season, but I mean, Berman, he's got to be smarter than that to like, you know, because a lot of fans saw this season coming the way it is, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there was, I mean, if you wanted to put a percentage on it, what do you think? 80% of the fans, if not more, wanted to fire Edwards after last season? Yes. So, I mean, I mean, obviously there was reason to believe this was going to be a bad season, but I don't know. It's just those little things that Wyoming continues to do that just on top of a bad season on the court, they're just they're tripping over their own feet, and it's just so frustrating. Uh I know. I mean, I don't know if we really plan on talking about the Dembo thing here, but since we're already talking about it, uh, I'm going to ask you. You're the expert here because I was not a fan of. I mean, when was Dembo here in the early '80s? Yeah, no, late '80s. He was here in uh, you know '88, '87, '86. Okay, so now that's something I should have known. Yeah. But I was uh, born in '82, so yeah. I wasn't watching any Wyoming games back then. Or if I was, I certainly don't recall them. Yeah, I was in my prime wearing a mullet at that time so you had a beautiful yeah, i've seen yeah. those photos uh so i, I just want to ask because and i've seen some of the old highlight tapes you know wyoming against ucla and dembo having a you know kind of taking it to reggie miller and some of those teams but was dembo and i have no problem with them retiring his jersey i, I have not i mean but was he i mean kenny sailors okay invented the jump shot you know won national titles at wyoming all american Completely understand retiring his jersey. But Dembo, I mean, is he better than Larry Nance Jr.? Is he better than Eric Lechner? Is he better than Flynn Robinson? I mean, now Flynn Robinson is before your time even, I would imagine. But A little bit. <laughs> well, here's what I'll tell you. is, And I hate saying this because I, I love uh, Wyoming sports. I've got so much pride in it. Um but when you look in basketball and some of our heydays, uh, that was big. And, and all our fans that have, you know, most of the memories, um, pretty much, you know, I mean, the, those 80s teams with, with the Dimbos and the Lechners and the Sean Dents and all of those, I mean, they got us to the tournament and, um, and, won a couple games in the 87 season. Yeah, made the Sweet and, 16. Even I, mean, I know that. And if you go back and you watch those games, I mean, um, you know, Dembo going against, uh, what was it, Gary Payton and then Reggie Miller the in back-to-back games and, and carrying us to the Sweet 16. I mean, it was it, – it's – you know, when you look back at eras, that oh, was yeah. the era. I mean, that, that was the golden age yeah, of Wyoming we basketball. Did, we I mean. did the most other than that that uh you know championship oh you see the i mean the photos or the videos from that era with the you know the arena just being full and the fans going crazy just it makes you cry and now and as a fan mark just imagine coming in the next year i believe uh we were ranked number four to start the season to start the season (laughs) and finnis dimbo was on the front yeah the opening basketball season setting on the rim right the famous dazzling dude yeah and, uh, you know, he was actually in a cowboy outfit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just some amazing. And to, to be a Wyoming fan at that time, it, you know, it was just – it was absolutely amazing. Well, so, why don't you just rub it in, Clay? Yeah. Just rub but, it in. But what I'll tell you is is he was our star, and he was the guy that made it happen. And in those games to carry us to the Sweet 16, he was the guy that did it. He was the man, and he was unstoppable. Now, so, and he was kind of before his – ahead of his time with, like – kind of media and fans i mean he was very outspoken was he not i mean i don't like i said i i'm acquiescing to you on this but i've I've heard the stories like well he was that guy you know he he definitely had a chip on his shoulder but he also backed it up yeah no i mean that yeah i hear you i hear you that dead silence i hear you yeah so i would say you know when you look at other you know other eras you know okay larry nance jr let's bring it to another wyoming legend okay okay that got us to now, I'm, it wasn't near as good as the, you know, the late 80s, Sweet 16, being ranked, the wins, the conference championships. But we did win a Mountain West tournament. Yeah. I mean, he's a Wyoming legend. Is that safe to say? Larry Nance Jr., a first-round yep. NBA draft pick. 
Sure. Now, I certainly don't think we should be retiring Larry Nance Jr.'s number, you know, four or five years after he's been gone, but is Dembo – and this is probably blasphemy because I'm a, I'm a younger Wyoming fan that – I know some of the old guard would – you know, they consider Dembo the second-best Wyoming player ever. But, I mean, was he that? Was he better than Larry Nance? Was he – Well, they were different types of players. No waffling. No, no, I'm just going to say they were different types of players. You must choose players. one. But, and the other player is going to hear about it, and they're going to be offended. Yeah. No, they're not going to be offended. I mean, they, they know the different legends. But um, I guess you kind of got to look at them as what each each player, how far they took us. And, you know, that other group in the early 2000s took us, you know, one, they sure. won their first game against, you know, a big upset and almost won the second one. I mean, you wouldn't if, so, they, if they went to retire Marcus Bailey's jersey, you'd get no argument from me. He's my all-time yeah, I know favorite Wyoming Cowboy. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why, you know, it's always hard to when you talk about retiring jerseys because especially in basketball, you don't have very many. And so, you don't want to see number 96 yeah. out there for Wyoming? <laughs> Point so, guard? Yeah, so if you, uh, if you retired, you know, uh 22 and then uh you also retired 44 you know and, and all this different stuff with sailors and then dimbo i mean pretty soon you're gonna run out of jerseys 14 for josh and, adams you know, number 99 yeah things like that so yeah we've had great players in great eras and and you know um but if you're gonna do something great finis dimbo definitely deserves accolades at the highest at wyoming yeah all right i'll, I'll take your word for it i, I believe you all right. Well, do you want to? Where do you want to go next, Clay? This is kind of a free for all here. What do you, we want to dig deep into these two conference games? Do you want to talk more? I guess we still haven't talked about that elephant. I mean, we really haven't. So let's go there. I mean, that's what's on everyone's mind. That's what we got to talk about. We've avoided it long enough. We're 20 minutes into this thing almost, and we've avoided it long enough. So last year, I mean, I was, you know, I wouldn't say I was an Edwards supporter, but I was more on that side. You know, there were injuries. And I was more optimistic, you know, we've had two winning conference seasons in the last, what, 20 years. And he had one of them. Granted, it was just 10 and 8, but taking over from Shiat's guys, you know, it looked like, you know, we won the CBI. I mean, there was some reason for optimism. I, I, as maybe I was naive to believe that because at this point, I think you could say I was wrong. I mean, there's no reason. I mean, do you see any way that he's going to be the coach of Wyoming next season? I don't think so. And, um, you know, I, I was, I think last year when we were doing this, we thought it was a 50, 50, we weren't really sure. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I kind of leaned, you know, to, to try to see and give him one more year, but, but I'll tell you, I I was shocked that he did get one. And I just don't see how, especially if this trend continues, if we look at, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look at the schedule and find wins in there yeah. and I'm just struggling. I to mean, do so. and I haven't been following the conference as good this season, but I, I mean, just looking at it, like San Jose looks like they're down again. CSU is CSU is 0-2 in conference. I mean, it looked like the, it kind of looked like a haves and half nots just in the early conference season. There was, Quite a few two and zero teams and quite a few zero and two teams, so might be able to sneak a few wins in there. But yeah, I just, I mean, I don't see them, and and so I, I, I do just predict from what I have seen um, that this trend of losing will continue. I hope it doesn't. I mean, yeah, of course. And I, I would love for him to turn it around somehow, and for us to just, you know find our niche somewhere and start winning and, and find some energy and get it in this program. But yeah, I mean, I, just... I could be a hundred percent supporting firing Edwards and I hope he, I mean, hope they prove me wrong and come out and surprise, you know, and yeah. win the mountain West tournament or, you know, go on a late season winning streak. I mean, yeah. I mean, as negative as I'll be on this podcast, I always will hope that they prove anything negative. I say wrong. Well, and then also too, if you look at, you know, what, what has transpired in his time here? Um, you know, his winning percentage and his recruiting and, and, you know, do we have anything to look forward to? Is there anything that you can say, yeah, I know this is a rough year, but we've got this guy coming or this guy, you know, and it, it just doesn't feel like it. Well, that's one thing. I could go a hundred different directions with what you just said there. 
But yeah, there are some like Hunter Maldonado looks like he's could be a stud, you know. I mean, yeah, he's a legit. And it player. makes you question. I don't want to dig too deep in it, but like, what would have happened last year if Justin James and Hunter Maldonado you had that one-two punch? You know, could I mean, I don't think we would have won the conference, obviously, or won the tournament, but maybe we could have been around the 500 mark, which you know that would have been progress. But having said that, I mean, Kenny Foster, I'm big on, but he's a freshman and he looks like he's going through some of those, you know, freshman struggles. He has one pretty good game. Then he comes back the next game. He goes one eight from the field. Uh, I mean, there is a young team. This is a young team. There was a stat of the New Mexico game on TV that said, what well, there's like 320 division one basketball teams somewhere roughly around there. Right. Clay. Yeah. 300. That said like, uh, Tenure, that's not the word. I'm struggling for the word, but of all 320 teams or however many there are, we were 253rd of court time. Seniority, I don't know how you want to say it, but so yeah, there are reasons. Oh, we're young, but but then you look deeper on that. Like, okay, Maldonado really should be a junior and he's older. So, I mean, yeah, I could say there, and just the mumble here, mumbling on, rambling on, that's what Wyoming Cowboy basketball has turned me into as a mumbler and a rambler. But yeah, there are some young guys, and there are, I would be very disappointed if they fired Edwards and then we lost Maldonado. But at this point, what is it getting us? I mean, you just gotta you gotta reboot the program. You have to. I mean, yeah, you do, and you know, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the schedule that comes up, and come on, and, San and, Jose, baby. But the the top, you know teams at the top records just overall in our conference oh, yeah. right now at the top we play all of them twice and so we'll get I no mean, favors in that anyway. yeah and so i mean can we win any of those eight games just you know and, and so you're already looking at uh you know possible 10 losses in the conference without even going into the mid-range teams and so are we good enough to beat them i don't know so it, it's just hard mark it's hard to look and see that he could turn this around I, I mean, sometimes you hope that you can play well at home and do some well, things. Well, three and, and four. I mean. Yeah. But, you know, I'm talking in, in those conference games. We're 0-3 on the road. We're three and four at home. Just when we had better teams, you know, you kind of think, okay, win your home games and then. Win steal, half your steal, road steal, games. You know, steal steal, yeah, a couple steal on some road. on the road and, and win the games on the road you should. And then you should be competing for a good spot in the Mount West Conference Tournament. And now it's just like, man, I just don't know where you're going to salvage wins. It's just hard to believe it. And, it, and, and I'm just going off of what I see on the court. Sure. And let me ask you this. So as I think it's far-fetched that we turn the season around in any way that's going to save Edward's job. Obviously, I have nothing against the man. I'm rooting for him to succeed at Wyoming. Nothing would be better for the program than him to turn things around and be the guy that leads us – you know, into the sweet 16 or something, you know, but what would it take a five, let's say they come back and go 500 in conference. Is that enough? But let's say the fans at this point, they're just not buying it. Right. Even you and I are, I mean, we're diehards of the diehards. Like normally I go to, I live in Gillette. It's a four hour drive one way. I usually go to 80% of the games. You know, this year I've been to three or four of the games. So I'm, I mean, and I know you've missed a couple games. I mean, you follow the scores and stuff, but you're you're not as in tune as we usually are. I mean, so let's say we go 500 from this, you know, he gets us back to a 500 conference schedule, you know, record, conference record, but the fans aren't buying in. I mean, can you afford to bring him back if you're Berman? I mean, the fans are the life force of a, you know, a college, you know, team or football basketball i mean if the fans aren't buying in what do you got yeah and and i'll tell you when you bring him in for his evaluation or you decide you know here's where the state of the program is i mean just fans is a huge part of it you know i mean wins and losses is always going to be a part of it recruiting is going to be a part of it but do we have interest in the program and the job of the ad is to build excitement into the program and sustainability and consistency and a winning program to get those fans there. 
and we already struggle just to get fans in it just because of the way our state is, you know, low population. But we have had eras where we, we had that interest and people were diehards. Well, well, apparently the Fennis Dembo bobbleheads weren't enough to get the fans to come out. Word on the street was that there were leftovers. So yeah. They're going to have to find a better promotion next time to get those fans coming back. For sure. But, yeah, just – yeah, I, I don't know if it's – under the scenario game. Like, we come back and we ended up 500. Let's say we make the semifinals on that last tournament, you know, like – but the fans aren't buying in. As cruddy as it is to say, and it's not – I don't think at that point – it would be fair for Edwards to lose his job, especially because this is a young team. But and I at that point I might me and you might have changed our minds, you know. But if we're still putting in, you know, three thousand and for those who can't see me, which is everybody, I'm using air quotes, three thousand fans because it's not three thousand fans. If we're still getting these, you know, paltry crowds, I mean, I think you gotta move on. I I just Well, and the only thing else that I could think of would be that would save his job would be if somehow some way the team did turn it around and kind of had that underdog, you know, pulling out games, they shouldn't, you know, have that one key game where they win it at the end and it, it, all of a sudden they become the cardiac kids and they're doing all this great yeah. stuff, you know, that type of I think stuff. think you've uh, read one too many Billy Mumphrey stories. <laughs> well, he was a cockeyed optimist. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah. Yeah, and then you just look at around the conference, like, and I forgive me because I didn't know this, but so I remember Utah State last year, right? Kind of came out of the woodwork, and they had the six ten guy they got from like Nigeria. He wasn't from Nigeria, but he was somewhere overseas, and he was a freshman. And he just, I mean, he's the force that drives that team into being like a. Well, I think they were co-champions, or like he's he hasn't even played this season, and they're still like nine and one and ranked in the top 25. It's just yeah. like number 25. Yeah. It's just like, can you imagine if we lose that guy? I mean, when we lose Nance and he goes down from an injury, do we rally the troops and, you know, like surprise next, next and, guy up. Yeah. and even better than we were with them? Yeah, that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen for us. But yeah, so it's just, we put her in the tank. And then you look at like, uh, like Nevada, like they go out and hire, they lose this great coach, right? But they go out and hire Steve Alford. Now, he had great success at New Mexico. You know, went to UCLA. wasn't that good. But, like, why don't we go after a coach like that? I mean, at least he's proven to be a winner at this level. Is it really the money? I, I got to I know there are – we're not going to outbid Duke for Coach K. I, okay, I understand that. But you can't tell me we can't offer a competitive wage to the top half of the Mountain West basketball coach. You can't tell me that. I mean – well, and I've always been a believer. It doesn't matter whether it's football or basketball, but we're talking basketball is that, I mean, you know, we've talked about the struggle. You you see on the boards how people say, you know, oh, it's a bunch of bull that we can't recruit people here. We've done it in the past, this, that, and the other. But, I mean. Are you I, talking I, coach or players? I, I'm talking, both. well, players, but I'm going to swing it back to the coach. And so there's been a huge struggle to recruit people that would want to come and play in Laramie. Okay. I, I do believe that. I do think it is a struggle. And, you know, people say, well, how come they can do it in this town and this town? I'm not, you know, it's different in different conferences and everything, but he has his challenges. But I think that is one thing that has been difficult. Now, if you could bring in somebody that brings, will bring attention to the program, yeah, and they'll bring you know, in guys. What, what do people want? They want exposure to them when they come play somewhere. And a big-name coach is going to bring kids to the program because they're coming for him. Sure. And so, I mean, I do believe that if we brought a big-name coach in, somebody that wanted to really come here and – Well, if and, you paid them the money, they would come. I yeah, mean, they, they wanted to come here and the, because of the salary that's competitive – that we could get kids there. I, I just believe it. Oh, I mean, yeah, I agree. Is there anything more important in college athletics than co the coach? I mean, how much of a difference is the – I mean, I would argue that it's a bigger difference in college basketball just because, you know, there's fewer people, like, to be a successful college basketball team as a football. Because you need, what, 40 good 
you know, yeah. you need the right coach, the right, yeah, you know, O line quarterback, yeah. right? I mean, you need so yeah. much in basketball. You need eight. I guys. mean, yeah, yeah. a coach yeah. and five yeah. or six guys. I mean, uh, yeah. who knows? Yeah, but so let's let's transition. So let's assume for the that Edwards is done. He's out. Would you like to see a midseason firing? Do you want to give him the rest of the season? Let's say we lose our next four games, which, by the way, the things look, and there's a good chance that that's going to happen. Now, I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you go first, and then I'll answer. What Midseason firing, yay or nay? Well, I've never been a fan of that. Um, but here's the thing that you have to do as an AD. Are the players buying into it? If the players aren't, then you have a sure if they've lost the program. yeah if they're not fighting for the coach or they're not fighting for the team or they don't have any spunk trying to they don't have any heart i think that a mid-season firing and I, I, think, I think it comes down to uh the players now let me uh, just interject okay because okay, okay. i think you'd agree with this yeah. so far from what we've seen out there i would say he has not lost the players. they're playing hard i mean they're not good but they're playing hard they're trying hard they're I mean, they seem energetic when something good does happen. So at this point, I would just say that they he has not lost. He's lost everybody else, <laughs> but he hasn't lost the team. Okay. Yeah. So, so you look at a couple other areas, or, you know, would a midseason firing bring fans? Probably not. Probably, it couldn't hurt. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. But, you know, and the other thing, too, is sometimes midseason firing, uh, just a, a guy will come in and just have a few different wrinkles that maybe he's going to try because he there's a little pressure on him to change some things up too. So do they look at uh, maybe staying down on offense during the free throws or something like that? Uh, but the th- problem is if they fired Edwards, yeah. it would go the head coaching job by all Maybe speculation would go to Jeremy Shiat, <laughs> and that that's Shiat ball. Like <laughs> that's an inherited thing. So then the that's the, the thing we want to get away from. Yeah, and then the last thing that I'm kind of thinking in my mind is, you know, what happens with recruiting um, when they. Well, we haven't. Rec- I don't. I haven't heard one player linked to Wyoming. Normally, like, and th- we've already passed the like. I don't know if they call it the spring signing, the fall yeah. signing. I would be fall, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, the fall signing has come and gone and we didn't sign anybody and not only that but normally people are coming in on visits and you hear names and there has been none of that i mean i don't know if that's you know berman already looking down the road saying we're you know probably not going to have this coach let's not bring anyone in i want the next guy to have scholarships available that's just the other thing though like you know that that is always in limbo and um to be honest with you i mean if if it looks like he's pretty much going to get fired anyhow, a midseason firing isn't going to hurt you for recruiting because it might build some excitement to see who the new coach is. The one thing, and I, this kind of came up in my mind, that a midseason firing would could hurt you, is it gives the current roster, the Hunter Maldonados, maybe a Hunter Thompson, you know, TJ Taylor possibly, Kenny Foster, some of the younger guys. Is, that you know you kind of do like, if you give them a whole you know a whole three four months, they might decide oh I'm not coming back. But let's say Edwards is fired right at the end of the season, they bring in a guy right away. Maybe he can recruit those players back you know before they've already made up their mind like I'm not coming. Yeah, back. no, that's a good point. I I would agree with that. Having said that, fire him tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I no I I'm not one way or the other on you know, fire him in the midseason, but I'm certainly not opposed to it. I mean, I don't think it could hurt other than what I just, the scenario I came up with, maybe you lose, you know, a current player, you already decides to leave. But at this point, I mean, I like, I would be disappointed if Maldonado lost. And I've got a man crush on Kenny Foster, the freshman. I would be very disappointed if he left, you know, but hey, the program's bigger than those two guys. I mean, you got you get the right coach in place. He'll bring in different guys that are going to get the job done. Uh, as sad as I would be to see those guys go, and I think if you did fire him, I mean, now it might only be an extra ten people that are coming to the games, but I think it would have a positive effect on attendance because I think people have said, "Well, I'm going to show my dissatisfaction with this program," and Edwards, and as a way of doing that, I'm not going to games. I'm not spending money. Now, if they fired him, I do think there would be some fans. Like I said, it might only be a handful 
a dozen, but they'd be like, okay, they've made a decision. We're going for the future. I'll come support the kids. Yeah. But so I, I don't see, I don't necessarily think he's going to get fired midseason. Certainly not at this point. Because like you said, he hasn't lost the team and that is something. But so, okay, let's transition that into the next. So let's, like I said, let's assume he's gone. What would you want in a new coach? Do you want, you know, that young up and comer that's shown he can win it, like still the Division One level, but you know, like the the uh, Big Sky or the Big South Conference that's kind of maybe brought his team to a, won a couple conference championships. You want a, you know, a, like a retread, like a Steve Alford that's proven he can win at this level, kind of a bigger name, uh, a young assistant. I'm hoping we don't bring in another assistant. I, I'd like to go a proven head coach at this point. But, uh, you know, an assistant at a bigger program, like, at a, you know, uh, South Carolina or just a name of school. So what would you look for, Clay? I'd like to see a retread. I mean, I really would. I, I'd like to see if we could you get – You want Norv Turner? Norv Turner. The old retread? The old retread retread? Well, I, I, would, I mean, I think you need to be selective, but I would – I think there are some really good coaches out there. Like, I'm, I'm just using his name, but, like, an Alford who's been a couple places, but he knows how to get kids there, and, and he still has a household name, which, you know – Yeah, on the recruiting can, trail, that's going to matter. Can kind of live off of that, and, and it – you know, I think when dads and moms are sitting down with, with those guys, you, you can still use that name that still has some integrity. Um, you know, it's just hard for moms and dads to believe in that that other guy, you know. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I would like to see a, you know. A, guy, a like proven a, winner. A proven winner. Somebody Big that's, name. you know. Kind of a splash hire. Done some things, yeah. Uh Bill- a little excitement for the fans too. It's funny you use the word integrity. I believe did he use the word integrity in there? Or maybe yeah, yeah. I I've heard a lot of chit chatter that Steve Alford doesn't have a lot of integrity. Of integrity. That's just a yeah. that's a rumor of a rumor of a rumor. Okay. But last year I remember there was on the message boards there was some talk like, well if not Edwards who you know like oh Steve Alford he's unemployed right now, and there was a pretty loud contingent like we don't want that jerk. I mean yeah. can we bring it okay. I know we're Wyoming and we like the nice guy, you know, the Craig Bull. He's, you know, the old, the nice guy. Can we bring in the a-hole for once and just freaking win? And then we can go back to getting the right, the nice guy for the job. I've been waiting for the chargers to get on board with that with players, but um, yeah, you know, I, I get that fans are fickle about stuff like that because everybody knows some incident that happened or something yeah. with a player, but um you know, winners are winners. And, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, I, I know people, oh yeah, we want to have this or that. And, and, uh, but you know, do you want to win or not? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I had my pick, we'd be going to the final four every year and everybody on the team would have a 4.0 GPA and they'd all be, you know, out in the community doing all this good work, charity work, but let's be realistic. It's about wins and losses. Yeah. And let's win for a change here. Let's do that for one. Let's, let's yeah. see what happens. Well, and you look at like, uh, oh, I'm just going to use Alabama football. I mean, I've never heard a good thing about Nick Saban, but he wins. Yeah. He's, and then all that you know, other stuff gets Bill Belichick, you know. Because that's what – Bill Belichick, you know, has always got a scowl on his face. He's terrible at the media. Well, I mean, he's not – it doesn't seem like a very nice guy, but he wins. Bill Belichick's know? the salt of the earth. He's yeah. always so nice yeah. to the media. No, but I'm just saying those guys, they win, but I, I don't really care. I'm not – you know, I would love to hear Dave and Kevin on the radio all excited about what happened. Uh, going to the coaching interview than wondering uh, if that guy, you know, snubbed somebody yeah, in exactly. the hallway or something like that. You know? I mean, because at the end of the day, it's nice to have those. Those are ancillary things, yeah. you know, wins and losses. I mean, I don't go, don't, I mean, of course we don't want a bunch of, you know, sexual assault incidences yeah. and all that stuff. But yeah. I mean, Scandals at the end of the day, and... and we've had our fair share of those, whether they were justified or not, but that's a topic for another matter. Uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, I'm I'm for one of two coaching scenarios. I don't want – I've already kind of mentioned this, but I don't want an, an assistant from another program. I don't care if it's from Duke. 
But I mean, I guess that might be the one exception, a Coach K prodigy. Yeah. But I will. I want to bring in a, a proven winner at the Division One level as a head coach, whether that be somebody, you know, that turned South Dakota State around and yeah. did good there for a few years, or but somebody that's actually proven to win a couple conference championships, yeah, I could live conference tournaments. Not a guy like Schroyer, who I think he was at Portland State as a head coach for like three seasons. They were terrible the first year, mediocre the second year. And then the third year, you know, they had a winning record. I don't think they won the conference that year, but they were like in the top half, top two or three. So he was he had a trajectory that looked like, oh, this guy could be something. But one season isn't a pattern. I mean, let's get somebody out there with a pattern of winning. And that might be where some of the sensitivity comes to getting a, a guy like this guy's a jerk or whatever, because I don't think anybody was really happy with Schroeder. The slick-haired shyster? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah. but he was a – rumor has it, let's say that because neither of us know, but rumor has it he was, he was a jerk and he was a loser, yeah. so he was <laughs> – I, only one of those things I'll accept, and that's being a jerk. Uh, all right, we've talked about the the coaching, and I'm sure you know that'll weave its way into the rest of the conversation as we move forward. We could talk about that all day, but we have an hour on this uh, podcast, and we're already at the 42 minute mark, so we better move on. Uh, let's take a little uh, closer look at the last two losses, just because conference season. We'll get in, get into those games a little more. So on Wednesday, we lost. At home to Air Force, 77-86. Now, this game, it's just – you can't – we can't get out of our way. I mean, what, we're normally a team, I think, on the season. Uh, let's see. I think I got this. How many points a game do we average? We average like 57 points a game, 58, 57.7. Yeah, we, we go on a scoring barrage. We score 76 points. We shoot 45% from three. We hit 14 of them. We shoot 51% from the field on the season. We're a 30% three-point shooting team, and we shoot 40% from the field. So, I mean, we're shooting lights out. But what happens, Clay? Well, they went on a barrage of threes, especially a lot in a row. And you and I always talk about this. Like, you could watch the best NBA three players, and they could just be out there with nobody guarding them in warm-ups, and they wouldn't hit that many. And I think we've proved that we're not – you know, accepting mediocrity on this podcast, yeah. and we're not a bunch of sunshine pumpers. Yeah. But are you freaking kidding me with their shooting? <laughs> Come on. Uh, they had five guys that shot over 50% from three. So Lavelle Scotty, three of four, 75%. Swan, three of six, 50%. Morris, four of five, got four of five, four of eight, uh, 50%. Walker, four of five, 80%. That's 80%, right? You're yeah. the mathematician, you're the resident yeah. mathematician on this one. And Taylor, Three of four, 75%. I mean, and they were basically the only guys shooting. Now, I was a little – I was at this game, and we were down by like 17 with four minutes to go. And at that point, I was just rooting for them not to miss threes because I didn't want the, the stats to be fudged when we went and did the re- recap of this one. They ended up 17 to 30, but I swear they were 16 to 22 at one point. I mean, it was – and they hit six or seven in a row. It was absurd. I mean, it's one thing to have one guy that's hot, you know, but every guy in the court, I mean, come on. And like you said, okay, our defense was trash. And that's one thing that's been reasonable this season is our defense. I mean, you could make that argument. It's not good, but it's the most average thing this team can do. But, I mean, for that many guys just to be hitting threes, and even, I mean, some of them were contested. But I was just... Well, and if you look at, you know, some of the – other stats like you know our turnovers were not yeah that was a good game for us 11 if we could go 16 to 11 every game 16 assists 11 turnovers yeah but you just look at our stats in the game if you just saw our stats but didn't know what they're yeah you think we won you would have thought we had won yeah yeah. no doubt they just had that game where you know we had our game and they had their game and their their game is better than our game yeah because if you look at 16 assists to 11 turnovers oh i'll take that every every night of the year they had 21 assists to 10 turnovers. I mean, they beat us in every category. Yeah. And ours were, you know, our shooting was pretty good. Um, and it, it kind of offended me after the game because in Edwards' post game, like, he's like, 
oh, we just wanted our team, or the players just wanted to play an offensive game tonight, and they they slapped on the defensive end. They've been hearing all the talk how we're not any good on the offense, so they wanted to come out and prove that, but they kind of forgot about their defensive principles. Which certainly you can make the argument that was true, but you got to put the biscuit in the basket, Clay, don't you? Yeah. I mean, you can only see a team score, you know. 32 points we scored in a game, 49, uh, 47 points in a game, you know, low 50s multiple games. I mean, at some point you got to just put the ball in the hoop. You can't, I mean, you can't, he keeps saying, oh, when we play defense, the offense is going to take care of itself. <laughs> Win. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we come out to start a game in a, a four-minute scoring drought? I mean, just, ugh. Yeah. And we just made no defensive adjustments. I mean, we didn't take anything away that they were doing well. And, and I mean, we had four guys scoring double digits, which um, – and, and That's a banner day they, for us. They, they, we had three that were close to 20. So that just – that's amazing. And, and if we had that every night, we would probably win the conference, you know, or come close to it. But uh, – Hey, we I, had that Boston third quarter you're always looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. But we had four guys there, and um, and then even Foster had eight points. We even had another guy yeah. come off the bench that was close. But Scotty, this is Air Force's team. Scotty, nineteen points. Swan, seventeen points. Morris, fifteen points. Walker, twenty points. Taylor, thirteen points. <laughs> Whatever you can yeah. do, I can do better. Yeah, they're 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 four. They had five. We had four. Yeah, and there were. Each one was a couple more points than the one. And that was the difference. And having said that, it comes down to, like, we were down by, like, 17 with four or five to go. And then we kind of went on our own. We hit some threes. I think we brought it within, I want to say, four at one point. Um, It was that five five points at th- with 35 seconds. And you know what Air Force did? Clay, they, they – this guy was right-handed, just for this, this whole story with him. He goes to his left, shoots a left-handed scoop shot, that hits off the top of the backboard. And I'm not talking the like the top of the backboard you're aiming for. I'm talking about the what would the top be called? I mean, it's the top. The shelf up there, yeah. Yeah. It hits the shelf and they don't sometimes it doesn't seem like they call that out of bounds. Sometimes they don't. I mean, I think there's two different parts to it. It hits the part that apparently is in bounds, bounces straight up in the air, drops right in the hoop. Yeah. I mean, we should have been down by five with thirty-five seconds to go, hit a three. I mean then you're playing the free, free throw. But, yeah, um, so when it hits the top of the backboard, yeah, you know, everybody assumes that's out. But uh, the rules changed over the years. So if it hits a wire coming down or a bar or whatever is in the gym, um, then it's different. But, um, yeah, those things are just – Always seem to go against yeah. us. You know who didn't assume the ball was out of bounds? Who's the that? ball. And it went right in the hoop. Yeah. And all of our guys that were standing around watching them. So that was kind of the last dagger of any open that game. But anything else in this game? Of course, you know, just to hit some of the highlights, you know, get out-rebounded 28-33, to 33, which, I mean, that's not too bad for us. If we can just keep it close, usually that's a win. But when you're playing a team like Air Force, who and we've talked about this last season, I mean, they're not even allowed to have certain tall guys on the team because they don't fit in the fighter planes. Uh, and they still out-rebound us. I mean – and that's mostly just our philosophy, which I guess is now is a good time to talk about that as any. Uh, so, Clay, let me ask you this. I mean, I kind of answered the question, but what was the uh, the biggest – one of the biggest problems we had as a team last season? Rebounding. And rebounding from what? Well, just – I mean, our big guys just – Yeah. I mean, we know. had nobody down the pan. I mean, we have Hunter Thompson, who's not really a traditional five. He's more of a, you know, a – stretch four okay so you think okay we know that everybody knows rebounding okay we we don't believe in offensive rebounding because we want to get back in defense but you still got to have the bigs that can defensive rebound right prevent the other team from offense rebound. do you want to fashion a guess how many our new recruit our two new big recruits how many combined minutes they've played on the season go ahead and tell me uh, that would be three minutes combined from our two new big recruits i mean now I mean, give credit – oh, not credit, but give the excuse where the excuses do, I guess, because it's true. Uh, Tyler Mormon, who was supposed to be kind of the more polished guy coming in from junior college, he suffered a concussion back on October October 30th. And what, it's now December 7th? Is it December 7th? 
Yeah, uh, it's the eighth. Eighth? Yeah. And he's still not back yet. What, what is going on with concussions at the Wyoming basketball team? Anthony Mack a couple seasons ago suffered a concussion, never played a game at Wyoming. I mean, how is this not an issue for the football team? Is it just the basketball? Like, they – it's just the darndest thing. I don't get it. No, I'm not sure. Uh. Come on, Clay. Use your words. Well, I'm just I I don't have an answer. <laughs> I mean, is, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm mind-boggling. Like, yeah. well, why? I I've had concussions, and um, I've actually had four of them in my life. That's why I was silent there because I had a little <laughs> issue. <laughs> a little no, um, no, but uh, I've had four of them in my life, and one thing I do know is when you run, when you, when you're trying to get over a concussion, you can almost kind of feel your brain moving in your head. It's it's really weird and. And um, I don't know if it affects more than others. It might affect his equilibrium. Um, I just it, it all depends, and I don't know. I mean, I, it, are there more severe concussions than others? I'm sure, sure. there are. But. And I can buy all that, but, I mean, come on. At some point, I mean, wouldn't this pop up with the football team? I don't remember guys missing month and a half with no, concussions on the football team, and that's a more violent sport. Yeah, generally – you know, when you think about a football player and they're going to concussion protocol, you know, you see them come in and out of it at two to three weeks. And, you know, and, and the biggest fear in football is having another sure. hit to the head. Which is something know. in basketball which certainly can't happen, but it's, you're not as fearful of. Yeah. And yet the last two of the last three concussions I can remember at Wyoming, one was a season ender, a career ender at Wyoming. He couldn't even play at the high altitude. And then this guy, who knows when he's going to be back. Now, at the last game I went to at the Air Force game, he was out there for pregame warm-ups. But then – so I, he must be close, getting close. I mean, not that he's going to be some savior, but he does look yeah. like our most athletic big that can actually maybe help us on the boards. Yeah. Sure. Uh, all right. Anything else about that travesty of a game you'd like to discuss? Or no. We better move on to the next yeah. game. We're got about eight, nine minutes to talk about the New Mexico game. If, uh. So the New Mexico game was on Saturday, Fennis Dimbo Day, as we've discussed. Uh, we lost 65-79. to 79. Uh, Clay, why don't you give me some of the just the early stats on that one? Well, field goal percentage, uh, they outshot us 48-37. to 37. Um, Turnovers, uh, we only had 13. They yeah, had it wasn't 19. bad. Yeah. 12 assists, 13 um, turnovers. Three-point percentage. Um, you know, we were ahead on that uh, 35 to 29 percent, and then – uh, rebounds forty-seven to twenty-nine. Uh, they beat us on that one. Oh, just just by I, just I by a smidge. A shocker. <laughs> just by a smidge. Oh, I mean they they eighteen, 18 rebounds more than us. They looked, and I think they do have some big-time recruits. Like I think one guy's a transfer from Arizona or Arizona State, yeah. and he killed us last season too. Uh, but I mean they just look bigger and more athletic than us. I, so I mean. It, I mean, that's, I think that, that was just, we didn't have the horses for the rebounds yeah. on that one. I think there was a couple possessions where they missed three shots, just kept putting it back up. Eventually you're going to get one to go. And that's the frustrating thing. I mean, if you look at this game, you know, like a lot of the, okay, assisted turnovers. They had 19 turnovers. We had 13. Uh, we shot, we hit 10 threes. They only hit five and we shot, you know, a much better percentage. But the big difference in this game is offensive rebounds. I mean, they, you know, had more shots. I mean, and yet we – it'd be one thing if we just weren't good at it. Like, okay, we try, but we're not good at it. Yeah. I mean, at some point, don't they have to try the offensive rebound? Yeah. Well, I think this is – you know, I know we've talked a lot about coaching tonight, and I just – you know, I go back to just thinking about what good coaches do. And one of the things that good coaches Adjust. do – Adjust. How is, about that? Well, they make adjustments in game. But I'm just going to talk about the season because – when you try to sit there and you, you know, I think of this from an education standpoint, you know, we're always talking about closing just, the gap. Clay uh, is an educator, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Just, okay. But you're, we're always trying to, you know, talk about closing the gap. And um, so, uh, so you, you got to figure out, okay, what is it that we do well? We don't okay. do anything. Yeah, but but <laughs> well, okay. But you want to continue on a we path. Don't and well, and we don't shoot well. We don't rebound well. We but, don't take care of the, the ball. But the things that are, okay. But you look at offenses, for instance. What are, what are some things that we could improve on? You know, um, so you got to be able to to chip away to give yourself you know more points. Like what's costing us points? Whether you're shooting free throws bad 
or you got to improve a few things on offense and, and it gets you some extra points. Then the other thing is um, on defense, where are we giving up points? What are some, where can we cut the fat a little bit to close the gap on the score? Cause you look at New Mexico, we lost by 14. You look at um, air force, we lost by nine. I mean, where's, how do you close that gap of points and, you know, we're, I mean, you look all season long, we're losing by, you know, 15, 16, uh, 14, all the way across when you look at that. And where do we, where, well, do, I can we, tell you what, where do we cut the fat there? One, the one thing in the New Mexico game, our, our, our bench scoring, we could have, we could have done better than three of 21 from our bench. Go. I mean, that, that would be one area where some of those guys need to step up and score. But here's the problem. And I, I agree. Close the gap. Where do you close the gap? That's the problem. We're not closing the gap. We're not – and you're saying close the gap from game to game. We're not doing it from season to season. Like, the same problems that were a problem last year are just as big of a problem this year. I mean, it would be one thing if we were a bad rebounding team, but we were improved. Like, who's who's better this year than they were last year? Now, you could say Maldonado, but, but who knows? But he was, he was hurt. Yeah. And, I mean, and we had James there to kind of, you know – Maldonado couldn't be the go-to scorer. I mean, no matter how good he was, he wasn't going to be the go-to guy. So his numbers are inflated just for the fact he's shooting more than he would have last season, is my point there. But Maldonado, okay, maybe you can make an argument there. Thompson, seems the same player as he was last year. Streaky shooter, when he gets in his feelings, he can't do anything on the court. Looks like a baby giraffe. I mean, he may rebound a tick better. I mean, T.J. Taylor didn't take the next step. Uh your boy Austin Mueller didn't take the next step. No. <laughs> and Mueller, that's a – God, I could rant about this all day long. Yeah. Why is Mueller playing? He does nothing. And that's the thing about – some poster on the board made a great point. Sorry I don't know your handle. I'll give you a shout-out if you're listening. But at this point – I'll use it like a football now. At this point, we need a Hail Mary. Isn't that safe to say? Yeah. I mean, we do. Yeah. A Hail Mary is what we're – I mean, that's the thing that's going to save this season is a miracle, a Hail Mary. But we're putting in Mueller out there. I mean, he's a – at best, he's going to get – now I'm just, I'm crossing my analogies, but at best, Mueller's going to get you a single. Yeah. You know, he's not going to get you a grand slam, a home run. He's not going to get you the Hail Mary. He's a check down guy. He's going to get you two yards on third and ten. Yeah. I mean, play a guy like Brandon Porter, who's got athleticism, who's shown he's not afraid to shoot. Now, is he the answer? Almost certainly not. But at least – He's got the potential to develop into a legit Division One player. It's court time. And Mueller, I mean, he's just a waste of space. I, sorry, Austin, if you're listening to this, you're a great guy. I drove nine hours to watch you play in high school one time. I don't, I didn't regret it. But you're just not, you're not a, you're not a Division One starting caliber player. And it's just the way it is. I well, and I and I want to go back to like improving the team, making adjustments, and things like that. You know, like when you look at the season prior. And you say, okay, what didn't we do well? How do we how do we fix the problem? You know, like in football, if you were bad at tackling, I mean, there's some stuff you can do in the offseason to make sure. sure you, you know, baseball. There's all these different things you can do to – but, I mean, a focus would have been like rebounding. Rebounding is something because every guy on the University of Wyoming basketball team was probably – the sure. best player on his high school team. Probably and, average close to 10 rebounds a game. you know they went and cleaned the boards, and they were the man, and they were the ones that made it happen. And it's just – So it's not like they don't know how to rebound, but you – when you – rebounding to me is an attitude. Like, we're going to do this. Nobody – like, if I come into my City League basketball game, I'm I'm one of the oldest guys on five the team. Five foot nothing. There, there's a guy I, the other night that was six foot five, and he was getting all these offensive rebounds and putbacks. And I went into the game for three minutes at a time. And when I was in there, I did not let that guy get a rebound. So I'm, what I'm you're saying? Fifty years old. Do you have any eligibility left? I then don't. You play like five years of college baseball. But what I'm trying <laughs> to say is, for one more it's year? not because they're more athletic than us. It's not because you don't know how to do it. It's because it's not a team attitude. It's not a yeah, team expectation. It's not something. When you that, don't even try yeah. to offensive rebound, I think it just. You know, it it just becomes a systemic. I don't know if it's systematic, systemic, one of the two. I always get those confused. But I think it just infuses, you know, oh, well, rebound is not important. Now, I'm sure that he preaches importance on defensive rebounding. But when half the time you're not even trying for boards, I think it just seeps in. Yeah. 
you you have like I said, we, we talked about we need to get some offensive rebounds of ourselves, but we keep finding ways to just I mean, we just abandon the boards when a shot goes up when Oh, you know. how many times does the ball kick out way to the three point line? Yeah. Not a single Wyoming player any they're all across half court. I just and somewhere along the line we, we became worshippers of just and that's getting back to the paint. And we got to wrap it up here. But one thing I will say to that is my brother, who's also a fellow diehard Wyoming Cowboy basketball fan, we've had the same discussion, you know, off air, like rebound, rebound. What, what, why are we not rebounding? He he went and did some research and he found an article that offensive rebounding in today's game isn't as important as it once was. Why offensive? I think the headline of the article is like, why offensive rebounding is dead and college basketball or basketball or something like that. I And the theory was that if you're a good team, offensive rebounding isn't as important. That's the nuts and bolts of it. I don't remember all. Essentially is if you're a good team, that it's better to get back on defense than it is the offensive rebounding. Uh, last time I checked, we haven't been a good team for a while. So at some point, don't you change? That's the thing. It's just like, and we've said this on this podcast, but it's a new season. What's the definition of insanity, Clay? Doing the same thing over and it's over and over and expecting. And yet that's what we do. But I just want to say one quick thing on that. No, we're out of show. (laughs) No, but, but we get killed on the offensive boards and it hurts us over and over and over and and over again. Make the other team pay. So to us, it's important. And so, I mean, it, it, it kills us. So why wouldn't we say, Hey, in our conference, we don't want to give those things up, and we want to get a few. Because if you, let's just say that you focus on it, and you, okay, you're going to give them up, long rebounds and everything. Those things are going to happen sometimes during the game. But, you know, can we cut them down instead of giving up, you know, eight a game? Could we give up three a game? And then can we get a few? And so there's seven or eight more possessions in a game. I mean, I agree. I mean, in theory, you're right. But in practicality, or in, it's just not happening. I mean, it's just – We'll be on here the next week talking about the same thing, about how rebounding killed us, and that we're not even trying for them. That's the frustrating. And I think we're all frustrated with it. So on that note, we're going to end this show. We'll be back next week to talk to you about our next two games. Do you have our schedule real quick? I'll pull it up. I mean, that's how saddening the season is. I don't even know what – normally it's like, when is our next game? I got to check – What's the road reports? I'm getting down to Laramie. Our next two games, uh, Saturday the 14th and Wednesday the 18th. And they're non-conference. Now we have a few non-conference Northern Colorado is on the 14th. And, oh, boy, the schedule flipped on me here. And then on the 18th is – who is that? (laughs) Utah Valley. Okay, sorry. It took a second to load up here. But Utah Valley is – So we have some winnable games. I believe our next four games are at home. So – I mean, we'll see how – if we lose – I don't know. If we don't win – in our next four games, if we're not over 500, three and one, I say fire Edwards. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, look at the next four games, okay? Col- Northern Colorado, Utah Valley, Denver, which is always a tough game. So we're going to get beat up on and, the front range. And Nebraska, but... Wesleyan. I mean, here th- – this is – these are great games – Build some confidence. Work on rebounding. Work on what you're not good at. And in game time, you know, these games, I mean, they matter, but they don't matter in in a sense when, like, let's just work on those things. Get in, rotate some of those guys in that we need to try to see where they're going to be. Well, after these four schools beat us on the boards, maybe you'll be a little little less of a cockeyed optimist next next show. Yeah. And speaking of which, just looking at the schedule, uh, normally – we do one a week during the conference season. But since our next four games are out of conference, I'm not sure what that'll do to the podcast schedule. We might get one out next week. It might, you know, we might wait and talk about all four of these games together in two weeks. But just keep looking for us. We'll we'll be here here with you all season, even though it's uh looking like dark times here in Wyoming Cowboy Land. But all right, we'll see you next week or the week after that, I guess.
there you have it. Random thoughts on Wyoming basketball. With Mark Overman and Clay Gates. Production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC.